of people who went against the grain. It was crucial to their future to be in the classroom. We're actually safer as a result of being in school. Courageous Leadership Through Crisis. Live from the Blue Bear Cafe, this is Voices of Courage. All right, welcome back to the Voices of Courage here in Mount Airy City Schools. We had a lot of questions in our previous um, podcast about communication and how that was so critical in a crisis. And we want to create a little toolbox for our listeners on how you can have a communication toolbox and strategies set up for the next crisis you may be going through. Carrie Venable uh, helped lead through COVID. She is our Executive Officer of Communications here in Mount Airy City Schools. And she is going to jump on here today and give us some great strategies and ideas. And I think you'll find them really helpful. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you for having me. Tell us just a little bit about your role in Mount Airy City Schools because over the last several years, we've just started putting in communication officers even in rural areas, and it has become uh, almost impossible to have a school system without a communications officer. So tell us a little bit about what you do. Okay. Well, I'm in my 21st year of education, and I will say that had you asked me 20 years ago what I would be doing, this would not be anywhere in the realm of expectations. Um, So I graduated from Appalachian State in 2002 and started teaching fifth grade. I taught kids for six years. Uh, then I accepted the role here in Mount Airy City Schools as instructional technology facilitator, so I was able to work with adults. And somewhere through that time, I started cross-training with Judy Walker. And when she retired in 2012, I was gifted the additional role of public information officer. And I was so infamously told, we don't write a lot of press releases around here, um, which I quickly found to be not true and that public information officers do a lot more than write press releases. So I believe it's been for the past 11 years that I've really been focused on communications, and that role continues to grow and grew tremendously through COVID. It really did. Um, It has become kind of a life of itself. Uh, The school districts and the superintendents really never thought about press releases, public information going out at the level that we have been through COVID and that we will be in the future. And I remember as we were going through that, a lot of other school districts were asking us how we were able to put all of our information in one place. I think you may have called it home base or something like that. Yes. In a previous podcast, the state also talked about um, you're leading in that effort. Jessica Swinky at the state level being a really big advocate for public schools. And since we're in a school choice environment and there's private, homeschool, charter, lots of choices, um, what does this one landing place for all communications look like? So I will say that during the time of COVID, it very much felt like we were all drinking from a fire hose. The uh, plethora of information that was coming from all these agencies above us was more than we can handle. And I remember that as a leadership team, um, we were sitting together just trying to take information and make it piece by piece. How could it be digestible for our stakeholders? Um, I believe we had probably seven iterations of a press release before we ever got to publish the first one. The information just changed at such a rapid pace. Um, So we were all sitting together, and I remember everybody was problem-solving, different departments, what our new needs were, things that we could no longer do, like a student could no longer take up the lunch count. 
to the cafeteria. So how are we going to go about changing the way that process worked? And everybody just started working. And the next thing I know, there's a form for this and a form for that. And I thought, there's no way we're going to keep up with all of this. Um, and in that time of heavy communication coming to us, everything was getting lost in email so quickly. So I thought, well, a Google folder is not even going to save us. We need one place, and it needed to be accessible and editable by as many people in the district as possible. So the website was kind of out for that, and we needed it to be an internal working document. So that's where we created the Google Doc, and we just started flooding it with information, and as more information was added, it got organized better. I think by the end we had several sections um, you had your general, your general information, uh, talking points were really key, things to give to people so they didn't have to ask others, uh, frequently asked questions, teaching and learning shifted completely. There were new protocols for attendance and accountability, and just everything had a change to it. So where could we put things and organize it in a way that our folks could get to it? Um, a lot of the things, too, that Dr. Morrison did was frequent communication with our staff. So there was weekly a communication being sent out to staff. And what we did is we also created a historical tracking document. This Google Doc was basically history just being added to all the time. So anytime communication went out to the staff, we linked back to the home base. Just as a reminder, here's where you can find it. Like this one email is great, but I, everything is right here. Um, I think that really helped in a very uneasy time. Yeah, to prevent I, folks from getting frustrated. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I was going to mention was every time I did a weekly staff update and I would Zoom with my, our entire staff, I would reference the home base. I would say, don't forget to keep checking home base. And I think you could do that now. You have so much information coming out from DPI, from other sources, from the federal government, from Title I, from, you know, all of these different places. You could have them all land, you know, in one place so that your staff doesn't have to keep looking up the various things and I think it was good to reference it each time someone from the central office would speak to the schools and say if you want to look at times that you're going to start your school tomorrow or if you're going to look at times we're going to close school or if we want to look at processes and I think we keep doing those kinds of things um, but it organizes all of the information into one place so I yes. was just going to say the same thing uh, another big piece that I think you were really good at and I think our parents really appreciated when we did focus groups with our families afterward they mentioned this and referenced it over and over again was a constant communication coming out from the district and you've trained me over the years that it doesn't always have to be positive news it just has to be the truth and that we were telling them what we knew when we knew it so that they were going along that journey with us. And that's when you can use email, social media, face-to-face, -face, Zoom calls. We did even um, videos taped for the community. You want to talk about just that constant communication and how to kind of fill the cup of the community with as much information without overwhelming them? Yeah, so the whole idea... For us, is there's no such thing as overcommunication, and we lived it definitely during that time. I think we created a, a nice cadence of when the governor spoke, our folks knew and expected that we would be shortly thereafter with our plans. We were just continuously updating as we knew. And like you said, if you don't tell your story, someone else is going to make it up, and there's probably not going to be a lot of truth to it, or there will be misconceptions. So even what you don't know, to be able to announce to your folks, hey, this has been announced, we're working on a plan, so that they know, oh, they missed that announcement. You know, they're not assuming that we're not paying attention. 
that was uh, really helpful. And we were always working to update all the avenues that we had. So you want to create an environment where folks could also feed themselves. So we had created this internal document for our staff members to feed themselves. And we encourage them that when you have outside folks asking you questions, reflect back on our talking points, our FAQs. Um, and we had those available to everybody that answered the phone too because you're stressed. You may have an angry person on the other line. You may not know the answer. And instead of making up answers, here are factual pieces of information that you can share. Here are things we don't want to say, we want to stay away from. Um, so just kind of creating those different environments. So for our outside stakeholders, how could they feed themselves if it was 7.30 at night? You know, yes, they could go on social media, but that's not the best place for everything. So our website really became another place for those folks to go. And when we did post on social media, we would link back to those avenues for folks. Remember this, um, because memories fade pretty quickly, especially through a crisis. Things that might have gone well a year ago, the same crisis is going on. Um, and folks think differently about it, you know, even how they feel about things change. Um, I do think another big thing that we did is I stayed really responsive on social media. Um, we wanted our folks to know that if they asked a question we were going to answer, either that we didn't know or what we did know, and that was a great way for us to clear up misconceptions. It, it gives you a pulse of the community so you know what they're thinking, what's heavy on their hearts, what are they stressed about. And it allows you to build proactive messaging while also being reactive in a way that they're like, okay, somebody's listening to me. I'm not talking to nobody. Yeah, I think those are really good points. I said The first point is that you are empowering people at the school with talking points. You have public information officers at each school. So you have a team that's answering this. And then you wanted to be clear that, you know, this is the information we can give out right now. These are the information points we don't know yet. So I think those are really good. Um, new superintendents may want to think about um, talking points, um, preparing those ahead of time so that when the crisis comes, you've thought through as many different crises as you can before that hits. Uh, and then you bring up social media. And so I know a lot of superintendents tell me they hate social media, they don't want to be on there. And, I, you know, I say to them, you either own social media or it owns you. And so I think you have some strategies um, for how to effectively use social media. And, again, it's more about this transparency, telling the truth, making sure you're responding. And we have this back and forth about comments sometimes where it could be fringe groups, right? It's not the majority of your folks. So in those cases, you may say, listen, let's just take this offline. I believe this is just you that may be concerned about this, but I still want to answer your question. But if it is the majority of the community and you really feel like, you know, a, a statement needs to be made, then there are some things you can do there. But I really believe filling social media with positivity about everything, telling the story, like you said, that's going on in your buildings can make a huge impact when a crisis hits. I've um, always seen it where there's this cup that's full with all these positive stories. A crisis hits, how far down does it hit you? Does it really hurt your brand? Um, I know when we go through crisis, sometimes we think, okay, do we have families leaving us or do we have families still coming into our school district? That kind of helps you measure whether that crisis is really impacting your brand or not um, and how you responded uh, effectively in that crisis. So you want to talk about social media a little bit? Yeah, so you, social media gives you an opportunity to tell the good things that are happening in your school or district, and each one of those is like a drop in the bucket of trust. Um, if you're telling, you know, 
even when this didn't go well, we're going to improve next time, or, hey, check out what these kids are doing. I think our teachers every day get to witness great things happening in the school, but they're so busy teaching, that's not their job to go take pictures and tell that story. Um, so the opportunity for somebody to just be that fly on the wall, I think that's what parents love, just being able to see a capture or capture a glimpse of what their students experiencing during the day and sharing that out, um, even in terms of safety drills. You know, recently we posted about doing safety drills, and parents just want to know what you're doing, what work are you doing, um, to know that you are working to keep their kids safe, to keep the learning environment going. Um, just the more things that you put out so that when it does come a time of crisis and there are questions you can always redirect to, well, remember when, um, you're also building up your other stakeholders to be um, to fight the battle for you too. I mean, I've frequently seen someone maybe upset on social media and other parents come to the rescue and say, but we know this is true. Um, and so that's a really nice component that social media can can do for you is when you're sharing the good news, you're giving other people those stories that they can um, share out again. Yes, I, I'm always surprised when um, people in the community come to your rescue on social media because they're like, no, that's not my experience. That is not what I had, you know, happened when I was there. Um, those are surprises to me um, that people would actually get on social media and really kind of fight for the school district, and we really appreciate that. Um, I would think as you think about if you were sitting down with a new public information officer or a new superintendent, you know, if you really think about in your leadership, what's one or two things you would want to tell them um, that maybe we haven't covered? So I would say that you don't have to do everything on your own, and you can't. Like, that's not a reasonable expectation of your job, of anybody's job, really. Um, if you think about well-built teams. Everybody brings different life experiences. They have different skills. So can you go ahead and rely on that person that you have you've built up over the years and they have the freedom to be creative? And sometimes that comes with the environment that you create as a leader. Do folks have the ability to speak up to you and question maybe your thoughts on something or maybe provide insight that you just didn't know because you, you missed a part of the puzzle? Because superintendents and principals, leaders, there is so much on their plate. So how can they just rely on the expertise of others? I think that's really valuable. Um, when it comes to, to social media even, knowing that not everything belongs on social media. It's a great, great um, aspect of communication. But one of the things for us, for example, during COVID, we knew that the highest reach for us was going to be our school messenger, our phone calls. And we needed to make sure that the information was accessible to our people. Now, the other pieces, the website and um, social media are, you know, that's icing on the cake, but the reach for us is less, and you're starting to include more community into that conversation, and sometimes those conversations don't belong within the community. Um, and like you, you mentioned, bringing stuff off of social media, knowing that not everything belongs there, and when do you shut that down, and, and call that family and have a conversation. Just knowing um, that in, in the whole aspect of, Use your team for some of this and, and talk through things because our knee-jerk reaction some, sometimes is not the best reaction. Yep. You talk to a few members of your team and you come up with a much better plan. And just like you were saying, there's internal communication, there's external communication, and then sometimes there's one-on-one -on -one communication. Right. In a smaller district, that's a little easier to do. But, you know, you're still going to run into them in the grocery store. You're still going to run into them at church. You know, what are kind of our talking points to make sure we're always showing the good stories that come from our uh, district that they may not know about, but also being truthful. 
you know, we just don't know about things that are going on um, in the community. Um, we don't know about some of these negative aspects, you know. We're just trying to do the best we can. And I think one of the big things that you've done, which I, I would say for a new leader, is talk to experts in the field. You know, we had experts come in from Disney who talked to us about customer service. And I remember staff members saying, why were we working on customer service? I said, because these customers can go somewhere else. When they walk in your front door, they should feel at home, and they should feel like they want to be here. And our school tours allow for that to happen. And our programs, when they get, when the public get into those, they sell themselves. But then you have um, the crisis experts in California that I think yeah. you speak to um, very often to say, I know you guys have been through this before. Can you help us walk through that? So I'd say reach out, network, and support. Is there anything else you would want um superintendents or any leaders, maybe even principals, to know about communication? Maybe, if you ever want to know more, um, speak to your communications person or another communications person and maybe talk through just what one event looks like for them because there are so many logistics that go under the radar. You have somebody handling it, but for you to know what that looks like, I think it uh, empowers you in your role. Yep, I think so too. Thanks so much for joining us today on Voices of Courage. Thanks for having me. Thank you.